0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Cycle Podcast, Episode 2. Very excited to be here with you today. We are interviewing a young lady named Courtney. She suffers from endometriosis. She's going to tell us a little bit about her story, and we will go into depth about her treatment, what worked and what has not worked. If this is the first time you're tuning in, this podcast comes out every 28 days in line with The Cycle. And our goal, my goal, my name's Melissa, I'm your host, is to help bring awareness, education, and hopefully help some people out with what has worked and what hasn't worked for other people. So some months we will do interviews, some months it'll just be an educational podcast, but very excited for a live interview today. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Courtney, thanks so much for being on the show today. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having oh, it's me. It's an
0: honor. I'm really excited. And as I said, this is our first real interview. So we're really excited to have you today. And um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. My name is Courtney. I am 32. No, wait, 33. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have been dealing with endometriosis since I was 17. That's when... Well, actually... I was diagnosed at 17. I've had it um, probably since about the age of 14. I work for a law office here in the Metro Detroit area. And I, uh, yeah, that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> okay,
0: cool, cool. And then you said, when did you say you're? You said you were 14 when you started
1: dealing with it, but was that when you first mm-hmm. started your period? No, I actually started my period, I believe, when I was 11 years old. I was in sixth grade. And I had no symptoms. I had no idea. I don't even think I had the talk with my parents yet about it. And uh, I just came home from school one day and was like, surprise, (laughs) it's here. (laughs) And um, I would have them on and off. Like I would have them for like three months and then I wouldn't. And then I would have them again for a couple months. The um, debilitating pain and things like that didn't really start until I was about 14.
0: Okay. So even when you were 11, and until you were fourteen, you were just having irregular periods for such a young age. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you said when you turned fourteen, you started to have painful periods. Oh yeah, very painful. And what was the like? What was that like? Like, what, were you freshman in high school then? And kind of just walk me through the beginning and what you were thinking and what was happening.
1: Um, honestly, I was always in a lot of pain, even when it wasn't around, um, my period time, I slept a lot. My friends would come over and I would probably be in bed most of the time because I either couldn't get out or I was just too exhausted. And it was just very frustrating to be that young and, um, not know what's wrong with you or your parents are like, man, you're always so sick. Like, you know, like get it together, you know, and you end up thinking that it's your fault. You have to wait years and years to realize that it was not, right. but um, yeah, um, I didn't, I did miss out on a lot in high school because I didn't feel good most of the time. And, and what
0: were you described? You know, I know you said pain, but, and you were tired, but what was it like, you know, so if listeners, people are listening and they don't know if they have endometriosis or they may have a son mm-hmm. or, or a son, a daughter, or <laughs> yes, I mean, I guess it's possible, but a, a, you know, a child that is experiencing this you know what were those symptoms besides being tired and pain
1: um well the pain would be like stabbing shooting burning pain and sometimes I would just be walking in a store with my mom and I would just fall to the floor because it would just hit me um at that time I didn't know because it wouldn't be around my period time so I didn't realize that they you know coincided with one another um It just affected like my legs, the sciatic pain. So sometimes I had a hard time walking very far or my legs would be very sore and achy. I remember laying in bed as a young teen and having like these um, growing pains as they thought they were. But I believe now it was sciatica that I still deal with to today. Wow.
0: Wow. And that must have just been so hard, especially at that age, because everybody's having fun and doing things and. I mean, do you, do, were there things that you felt like I really missed out on
1: X? Yeah, I definitely did. I made the best of it. I think I went to most of my school dances, but I didn't join sports because I never knew how I would feel. And I, you know, why let the whole team down and, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just, I, you know, I tried to do what I could, but I, I did miss out on a lot. And I, I don't, really necessarily regret that I did because I didn't you know I was misdiagnosed for years I didn't know that I had an illness uh I just thought it was just part of me who I was with you know that's just what it was and I had to deal with Yeah it. so take me down the road of starting
0: to figure this out did you see a gynecologist and they may have told you something or how did you start to understand because I, it sounds like you were in pain all the time, but when your period came, were you what, ha- what would happen when
1: your period came? When my period came, it was like I had the flu once a month, the body aches, sometimes chills, nausea, my body would shake like a leaf. Um, sometimes I would even get a fever, which the doctors were like, oh, that's just not possible. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm making it up. <laughs> Um, I started because I was so disregarded by doctors and I seen uh, probably more than a handful. I started looking it up on the internet that was back in the, um, days, probably before Google was even a thing. I was in chat rooms on AOL and Yahoo, and I just stumbled upon this support group. I believe it was through the endometriosis research Mm -hmm. center. And I still talk to a good handful of those girls to this day. And I just remember printing out article after article with all of the symptoms. And I would take it to my doctors and be like, I think this is what I have. And they would say, oh, Courtney, you know, it's all in your head. You, you know, you don't have any, you don't have endometriosis. You know, they didn't even know what it was at that time, most of the doctors that mm-hmm. I've seen. Right. So, did you start with your gynecologist? Uh, I did start there. Um, I believe at 14, I just went to my PCP mm-hmm who referred me to a gynecologist. And I believe the first gynecologist I seen was a male. And he just kind of was like, here's some birth control. Here's um, some pain meds and be on your way kind of deal. Just kind of shrugged me off. Did he say like, this is normal. Like every woman has, you know, you just have bad periods and here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It was just a normal thing that. So then I kind of just like, let it go. And I was like, well, I guess if this is what your period is supposed to be like, then, you know, I guess I'll just have to get used to dealing with it. And then I would, you know, talk to other girls that were in these groups and, you know, they'd give me other ideas and some people just like really advocated for their health and I think by the time I was 16, I just remember going from doctor to doctor to doctor with all of my research and everything I would log, like the days that I had this pain or that pain or how many days I bled for. Cause sometimes I would bleed for six months straight oh and God. they, they had nothing. Just take more birth. Oh. That was their, that was their option until I found one doctor who was a female and she was like, I think you do have this. We're going to do a, a lap. To diagnose you. I was um just turned 17 when I found her. And so that was what three years of going through all of
0: that. Oh my goodness. How many doctors do you think you saw before you actually got someone who
1: would listen to you and do the lab? I would say probably six, maybe seven. Oh. Terrible. Yeah, and I also I didn't even finish high school because the pain was so bad. One of the doctors was testing me for cancer. He thought I had cervical cancer. I remember going into my math class and my teacher was like, oh, Courtney, you don't look good. My face was so pale. And she's like, what's going on? You haven't been in school. And it was because the sciatica was so bad. Most of the time I got my period, I was down for two weeks. And I went in and I told her, I said, well, they think I have cancer. And she just like lost it. And, you know, to tell somebody that Mm -hmm. young, I don't even, maybe I wasn't even 17 at the time, but I, I mean, I will never forget that day. And I, I ended up having to leave that class because I just started hemorrhaging like out of nowhere okay. and, uh, go off to the hospital again, yep. you know, hosp- you know, hospital trip, urgent care, send you to, back to your PCP to give you more birth control and more narcotics. And how
0: did your, how were your parents with dealing with this at, at some point? Were they like, okay, something was really wrong or were they just like, it's your period or how did that
1: happen? What happened with them? Um, Well, my dad really never understood. He just was like, wow, she just really doesn't feel good, you know, and sometimes he would lay in bed with me because I couldn't sleep. The pain was so Mm -hmm. bad. Um, My mom also had bad periods, but not as severe as I did. Um, I think to the point where I was missing so much school is when my mom was like, okay, this is not okay anymore. You know, she was in there with me you know, fighting just like I was trying to, you know, get an answer because we had none at that time. Just all this research. Right? Was she ever diagnosed with endometriosis? No, she was not still to this day. She was not, has not been. Wow. Wow, That's,
0: that's, I can't even imagine extremely hard. You're, you are Mm -hmm. a very strong warrior at that age to be going through all of that. That's really intense.
1: Um, so
0: you get, you get the lap done. And Mm -hmm. what happens next?
1: Well, um, they told me I had stage four endometriosis at 17 years old, that I would more than likely never be able to have children, that I should consider a hysterectomy. I believe they put me right back on birth control after my surgery so I could um, not have periods. They did it continuously. So I did that for years and years and years um, until... I started the pain all over mm-hmm. again. And then um, I think three to four years later, I had my second lap.
0: And when they did these laps, do, were they doing ablation? Did they even explain to you what they were doing when they were in there?
1: Honestly, um, as far as I was told, as they were doing the ablation. Um, and then I was then I was told later on in life that, oh, that really doesn't do anything for mm-hmm. it you but cause more scar tissue and then you'll have to have more of these surgeries um which I think I've had five in total so um yeah I mean I just trusted them because I thought they knew like oh yeah you know but little did I know they were just as new to this disease as you know we were we were going through it with them and it was really hard to find specialists And the internet would then is not what it is today. No,
0: absolutely. Very, very hard to find any information.
1: And then for our listeners, we keep saying
0: LAP, but a LAP is a laparoscopy. It's a type of small incision surgery to be able to, it's really the only way endometriosis at this time can be diagnosed. So that a lot of doctors will do an exploratory surgery initially to, see if the patient has, if they can see visible endometriosis, but even if they don't see it, it doesn't mean that the patient does not have it. Just a little tidbit in there. Yeah. So five surgeries. Okay. Oh, so you had a second one and you're in pain and things aren't going well. What happens after number two?
1: Actually, after number two, I think I got a good five years before I had to good. do it uh, yeah, again. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. mm mm-hmm. Then my, um, but then that doctor she ended up relocating out of state. So then I was back at square one to try and find another doctor. Yeah,
0: yeah. oh my goodness. And then were you
1: still on birth control? Yes, I was on birth control. I believe um, continuously from the time I was 17 till I was about 28. Before I was like, I think I need a break. You know, something's not right. I just didn't feel right at that. Time in my Did life. you
0: still, even on the birth control, were you still experiencing the pain and as bad? I mean, obviously you probably weren't having the six month period, but were you still having
1: bouts of pain? Oh yeah. The pain was immense. It never really ever went away. I, I don't remember a period that I wasn't curled up in a ball. Yeah. Right. And even when you weren't having a period,
0: the time that the period was supposed to come, you were still probably curled up in a ball.
1: Oh, yeah. The, it, yeah, I swear my body felt like I was going through a cycle. And because I was on continuous birth control, obviously I wouldn't um, have my cycle, but I had every single symptom. I had the back pain, the right. cramping and the uterus, the, um, uh, the sciatica, everything. Right, right. So after surgery
0: two, your doctor leaves, you find another doctor. You have. Why are you having surgery number
1: three? What happened to spark surgery number three? I believe the surgery number three, I was just bleeding for a very long period of time. And the amount of time that I was in pain was more often Mm -hmm. than not. And I had found out that I was allergic to narcotics, probably because they gave them to me so much when I was younger. Um, And I never liked to take them. I'm definitely the one that will just lay in bed without taking any kind of pill because I don't like the way they make Mm -hmm. me feel. And then I found out I was allergic to it and so really
0: oh my goodness and yeah. then so you have <laughs>
1: surgery number three four and five
0: tell me about three and mm-hmm. four because i i know about five and i want to get to that but um mm-hmm. so three and four are just another just laparoscopies to just try and calm things down but it's but yeah. it, actually you were getting ablation
1: which was making things mm-hmm. more angry Right. So I did, um, I did find another doctor up here in Michigan and I had, um, my fourth surgery. Um, and then I believe it was five years, maybe four years later, I, um, had been living in Florida at the time and the same ordeal was just like another cycle. Um, I couldn't get out of pain. The bleeding was nonstop. And the birth control continuously that really wasn't helping at all. And I um, had another lap when I was in Florida. He didn't seem to find too much um, to remove. He, I don't think he was very experienced in that aspect, as the way he made me sound before surgery, because he's like, "Oh, you, you don't really have anything on, you know, your uterus where the or where you're saying the pain is." So I really don't know. And then um, almost. Almost exactly three years later, I had surgery number five. And was that your most recent surgery here in Michigan?
0: Yes. Okay. So tell tell the listeners about this surgery and why it was different and how you found your doctor. Kind of just walk us through what happened.
1: So since I advocate for myself more than anybody I know, I took to the internet and Facebook and I'm still in a lot of groups with other endo sisters. And they um, had told me about Nancy's Nook, and um, I was added to the group. It's a private group, and they list the doctors around, the, I believe, the world that are experienced in this specific type of surgery, which is excision surgery to remove the endometriosis. Um, and I found that we have one in the state that's on that list and he honestly, I met him and I knew just by having a conversation and a consultation with him that he knew what he was talking about. I've never met a more educated doctor in my experience. And I had surgery with him, I believe, six weeks after our first appointment. Okay. And
0: how long has it been since you've had that surgery?
1: Um, let me see. So I had it in September. Okay. So almost five and months, how? And how I'll do say. you feel today? My day-to-day quality of life is amazing. Um, My periods are still hit or miss. I think it's because I was on birth control um, for the last year before I had that surgery. So he said it would take time for my hormones to adjust. But my overall well-being and quality of life is amazing. I don't have to call into work just because I'm too exhausted or in so much pain. Um, I can actually go and do things. I've been traveling way more. I mean, I just honestly, I can't even believe that this is my life right now because I'm so used to being like, yeah, no, I can't do that tonight because you know, I'm going to be on the couch (laughs) in which, which most weekends I was up until, you know, recently I had missed out on a lot in life because I never knew day to day. Oh, am I going to wake up tomorrow? And am I, am I going to have pain or am I going to have a halfway decent day? Mm -hmm. So my days went from being mediocre to I would say, pretty fulfilling. That's amazing.
0: I'm so, so happy to hear that. That is awesome. I mean, 20 years. You were suffering Mm -hmm. for 20 years, and it took you you know almost five to six years to just get someone to tell you what was going on. But it took Mm -hmm. you 20 years to get the right treatment. And that's why it's so important to me and why I do this podcast and the other things that I do to just raise awareness because that is just not acceptable. Right. So the, no, I I, I'm so happy to hear that you're feeling so much better. So excision surgery, just for the listeners, there's two types of surgery that are usually done for endometriosis. Excision is where they go in and actually cut out the disease. So the disease doesn't come back and or ablation just burns off the top superficial layer. So it's actually not removing the endometriosis. So that's why so many patients see success with excision surgery but you have to find a skilled doctor and what Courtney said about finding a doctor on Nancy's Nook that is a Facebook group there are not there are some doctors that are not on that list as well for certain reasons but there are other excision doctors that may not be on that list that are also amazing but in Michigan right now we have two so we're, we're working on it but it's it's a long path that's for sure. So back Mm -hmm. to, so you feel amazing. Your quality of life is so much better, which is so exciting. Are you still experiencing any symptoms besides having maybe not regular periods? Are you still having maybe any of the sciatica or any of those things?
1: Honestly, um, I don't even know when I'm getting my period. Um, It just kind of happens. I don't have all of the pre-cramps that I used to. The sciatica is definitely a lot less than it was um, and I mean, I'll have my one, the first day that, that I start and the second day are probably the worst. And now my periods last three days instead of seven wow. to 10. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: That is, it's really exciting. Yeah. And again, for people, if you're listening and you don't have endometriosis, if, if you do, you know that most of us who have it, we know our periods coming about a week in advance because we already start to feel sick. So for Courtney to say, she doesn't know when it's coming is a really, really big deal.
1: So that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I almost can't believe it. I remember one day, um, it was probably a couple months ago, um, I was walking to the bathroom at work and I had forgotten to bring a pad or a tampon because I didn't remember that I was on my period until I went to the bathroom and I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Yeah, that's that is wonderful <laughs> to hear. That's awesome. Well.
0: Are there any other things that you did besides having surgery that you feel have helped any diet or supplements or anything along those lines that you can tell the the listeners
1: that may help them? Yeah, actually, um, I try to cut out as much gluten and dairy as I can. I know it's not the easiest thing and I'm still struggling with it because I am human. (laughs) But um, honestly, that does cut down on the inflammation for me a lot. I just started doing the celery juice cleanse. I drink, um, celery every morning on an empty stomach. That has helped a lot with my digestion and anyone with endometriosis. Most of you also experience issues with your digestive system, IBS even. Um, so it's definitely helped with that inflammation. It's cleared up my skin. I also use a lot of essential oils, um, for like, uh, pain. I'll use, I'll take turmeric and pink pepper in a shot glass with, um, like almond or coconut milk in the morning or at night. I also take a supplement that Dr. Hickner, um, suggested it is called DIM, D I M. It is a estrogen support and it's made out of like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and cauliflower. It's all natural. He's, um not one to push narcotics. Even after surgery, he gave it to me for narcotics for a very short time, but, um, he's, you know, more on the natural path like I am. But, um, I mean, as long as you stick to that, the only thing I haven't done is really started working out because I don't really have a workout plan yet. I do yoga sometimes that does help, but, um, I want to get into doing more workouts and building up more strength because after the surgery, it is a very, well, it's a lot longer recovery time than just a regular lap, which is like about five days at most. And this one, I think I was down for a good two to three weeks. Oh, yeah,
0: at least. I mean, I think it's taken me almost like four to five months to feel almost normal. Yeah. So, and and strength training I think is a great move for you and I'm going to help you with that. I I know I owe that to you. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> just so the listeners here um for me strength training was a really big discovery for me and my last surgery and has really helped me I think recover faster and and feel stronger. So, I've been thinking about putting together a little plan for women with endo. So Courtney is going to test it out for me. She's going to let me know if it's good or not. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, great. Well, thank you so much. And then I don't know if there's anything else you want to add or anything that you would want to say that people shouldn't do. So we, these are all the things that have worked really well, which has been amazing. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you, you know, regret or that, you wish you wouldn't have done. I know obviously you regret not getting treatment sooner, but that wasn't really your control mm-hmm. in your control. Right. So anything like I wish I wouldn't have taken birth control so long or anything along those lines that maybe again can help people who are starting on this journey and that they're struggling.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say um that I wish I would have listened to my body more and been more aware of like what foods aggravate the inflammation in your body that comes along with the endometriosis. I mean, I didn't start doing that until I was about 30 Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be 34 this year. And I probably feel the best I have in years health wise, um, you know, because I listen to what, you know, my body needs and, you know, sometimes I actually crave vegetables and I was never that kind of person. So I, you know, I wish I would have started that a long time ago. I also wish that I would have really looked into the effects of birth control being on it for so long. It's really just a band-aid. So for any doctor who just, Hands it out to you and just says, "Have a nice day." Please look for somebody else because they obviously don't care. It's really not a fix. It might hold you over until your surgery, possibly, but it's definitely not a fix that you know should be long term. I
0: couldn't agree with you more, and I, I I echo what you say. Birth control is a band aid, and what people don't know, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not an expert, but what people don't know is that it may calm down the disease, but the disease can still be spreading and attacking your other organs. And that's if birth control is what you're taking and it's silencing that you're in pain for a reason. Your body is trying to tell you something that something isn't right. And to turn off the period and the pain is not a solution, unfortunately. And you're right. If you have a doctor and that's all they recommend, You need to keep looking for another doctor. And one of the things that Courtney said that I agree with is you have to be your own advocate too. Unfortunately, the doctors aren't as educated as we would like them to be. And I don't fault them for that. They're, they may not be taught some of these things in medical school. I don't know. But they don't have the awareness that we have as patients and sufferers to the degree that we understand the disease. There's only a handful of doctors out there that actually get it. So if you're starting this journey, if you're suffering You keep looking, even if you have to see 10 doctors, before you find someone that you're comfortable with, that listens to you, and that understands the disease. And, you know, Courtney, I think what you did was right. You have to go in there with your paperwork. You have to go in there and and say, these are all of the things that I'm experiencing, and be prepared. And another tip that I have is I keep a binder of every doctor I've seen, everything that's happened, and, and a food journal is really good, too. I like that you said that about food, because there are foods that can make things harder for you. Inflammation is very common in women with endometriosis. It's definitely the feeder, the driver, uh, behind endometriosis. So there's a lot of foods that can just make you more inflamed. And unfortunately it's all the fun, good stuff like donuts (laughs) and and bread (laughs) and coffee and wine and chocolate. And, you know, I believe in everything in moderation, but if it's affecting you in a really negative way, or you're feeling really ill, it's worth staying away from those things because you will notice a significant difference. If you're not able to have surgery right now, it, it, it really does help. I don't think it's a solution, but it, it's a step on the path.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. It's definitely a big help. Yes.
0: Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I really appreciate your time so much, Courtney. Thank you for sharing your story with us. And, um, we really appreciate it and yeah. I'm glad you're here and really good to hear from you. Is there anything else you want to say before we go?
1: No, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be on your podcast and getting my story out there. I I don't hide it from anyone. I Anybody that I meet, if they tell me their periods are like this and I just kind of give them a side eye and I'm like, mm, you might want to see somebody else because this is not normal and that's what I want everyone to know. We are not supposed to be in this much pain For your period. so I know very few women. That don't have pain. And I wish I could just experience that. For one day. But for all you women out there. That have excruciating pain. You're calling into work. You're not being able to finish school. Or go to school. Or even get out of bed for the day. That's your body is telling you something. Please don't ignore it. It's not normal.
0: You don't have to be strong and push through it. If someone tells you that's normal. And painful cramps are just a part of life. That is not true. Killer cramps are not normal. One in 10 women have this disease. So if you know 10 people, 10 women around you, one of those women have this disease. It's more common than people think. It's a taboo subject that people don't like to talk about. And we're here to bring awareness to that. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Courtney. You're welcome. That was awesome. It was really good. (laughs) Thank you everyone so much for listening. I hope you really enjoyed my interview with Courtney. I thought it went really well and helped spring to light a lot of the things that women with endometriosis are going through. If you have any questions or feedback about this podcast, feel free to email me melissa at bouconsulting.com or you can find me on Instagram endo underscore lady. Thank you again. Have a great day.